step on up, sit down, twist off that bottle top, or crack open that can. And welcome to Porch Matters. This is Terry Cagle coming to you from my back porch. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. The name of this show is Authentic. On Porch Matters, our saying is this. Big issues or just a friendly conversation. No topic is off limits. We take pride in being able to talk about anything with each other in an open discussion. Open discussion is one of the only ways to learn. Your perspective could be changed. You could change the perspective of others. Friends and family, welcome back to another episode of Porch Matters. I'm glad you're here. I'm doing a whole lot better about trying to record and everything during the day, but this weather just ain't cooperating with me at all. As I'm recording right now, it is 5.10 p.m. Central Standard Time. I waited a little bit late, but I also had a really good conversation with a new friend of mine. I'm happy to share that with you here in the next few minutes, but before we go there, I just wanted to say thank you for all the feedback that I got from the last episode. I really appreciate any feedback that you can give me whatsoever, whether it's positive or negative. All of it's appreciated. Apparently, the food reviews was something that you really enjoyed. I'm going to try my best to make a segment on each and every episode going forward. That being said, last weekend, me and Stacy went to a newer, well, it's a newer place there in Haleville. It's about 10, 15 minutes away from her house called Polly's Place. It's right there off of Highway 13 as you're going from Haleville up to Bear Creek. It's in the old Hardy's building there on the left. Went in and checked out the menu and everything. and It was really good. I ended up having the charbroiled chicken. Stacy ended up having some, uh, I want to say it was steak, but then she changed it around because of her new diet and everything. I'm going to have to get her on here and let her explain to you her new diet program. She's lost 70 pounds. Congratulations, baby. Very proud of you. She ended up having to change some stuff around, so I really can't remember exactly what it was that she had, but I know that there was some uh, steak fajita in there with it. She let me try about it. It was really good. The waitress that we had, she just went out of her way to make sure everything was great and wonderful and took care of us. You know, if you know anything about me, I'm a tea guzzler, so it's almost like the bottom of my cup has a hole in it. I can't help it. I I drink a lot of tea, but my glass didn't get empty much. She stayed right on top of it. If you anywhere in the area and are willing to drive up to Haleville and everything, and you're looking for some really good food, right up to Polly's place. It's definitely hashtag fat boy approved, and this fat boy is definitely going to be going back. Not only did I have the charbroiled chicken, they also had a cheeseburger on the menu, and if you know me, you know I love some cheeseburgers. And I ordered the double. It came out, and it just looked like a good old school cheeseburger. You know what I'm talking about if you're a cheeseburger lover. When you pick it up off that paper and there's just some grease dripping out of the bottom of it. Ooh, it was good. I can't recommend Polly's Place any more than what I already have. Again, if you get anywhere around the area, 
go check them out and tell them that you heard about it on Porch Matters. I know that uh, everybody's up in arms and everything about Ukraine. That's a terrible situation. I'm going to do a little bit of research and see if I can, in the next episode or two, come to you a little bit with more information in case you didn't know. That's a bad situation. And if there's anybody listening right now that is from Ukraine, has family members in Ukraine, has soldiers gearing up to go over there, you and your family are in my thoughts and prayers. This podcast stands with you. On this episode, Stacy from the Weird Horizons podcast comes onto the porch and we do a little talk about UFOs and, and some conspiracy theories. I think it's a conversation that you'll enjoy. I enjoyed having it and I wish Stacy nothing but the best in her podcast endeavors. Any way that this podcast can help her out, I will do so. And I'm really looking forward to having more conversations with Stacy because she likes a lot of different topics, much like myself. And if you listen to her show, she does a lot of research and comes to the microphone very much prepared. So go check her out. Leave her a review. Tell her you heard about her on Porch Matters if you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Without further ado, let's get started. Sarah Kersey, Weird Horizon Podcast. Welcome to the porch, ma'am. How are you today? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me on your porch. It's very nice to have you here. How's how's things in the UK? Um, dreary, dark. We're you know, deep into winter, I feel like I haven't seen the sun for a very, very long time, <laughs> in all honesty, but unseasonably warm, but it is, you know, Sunday evening for me here now, so I'm trying to come to terms with work next week, basically. <laughs> the the dreaded Sunday afternoon preparing for work, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it really uh, stops. As we're sitting here, I'm wearing a white t-shirt. The only difference between my white t-shirt and my face right now is my beard. I haven't seen the sun in a while either. <laughs> Alabama weather is extremely crazy as well. We we usually go through all four seasons in like one day. We'll start out winter, then it'll warm up just before lunch to about spring. Then between noon and about two o'clock, that's usually when summer hits. And then as the sun starts to go down, fall comes in. And then when the sun goes back away, we're back to winter. Cold and flu season around here is crazy. And then throw COVID in on top of that makes it worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the way everything's been going these days, we all need to invest in canoes or kayaks. One, because everything's flooded from all the rain. So, yeah, we've been, we've had in the last couple of weeks, three major storms. Considering we usually get a couple a year, it was it was three in one week for us. It's just mad, yeah. mad weather, mad everything. Like I said, throw COVID on top of that. It's just a weird time at the moment. Right. It's an extremely weird time. But, hey, we're going to get through it. Hopefully everything in the Ukraine settles down here pretty soon and 
we don't end up in World War Three, but that's another podcast for another day. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of podcasts, what got you into podcasts? Oh, well, I weird story, to be honest. So I started the idea of having a podcast myself uh, sort of mid last year. And I was like, honestly, having a really bad time, like with anxiety. Like I got to a point where um, I, nothing really had happened. Obviously, you could say COVID and everything had happened, but I was everything was on top of me to the point that I, I couldn't leave the house, which was for like a good while. I was just, I was terrified of even the idea of leaving the house. And for whatever reason, the only thing that was like um, getting me out of the immediate moment was like watching paranormal content or listening to paranormal content. I've got no idea why. I don't know why that was apparently what I needed, but I was, like all every hour of every day, just soaking in information about anything paranormal or any sort of conspiracy theory content. And it was like the only thing I could find to, to calm me down. I don't know why, but it really started off this interest in it. And then I figured if that helps me, maybe there are other people that it helps for whatever reason. And I'd like to, I don't know, be part of that community in some way. So that's what started me off, but I've got no idea really why that was the case. I just know that's what happened with me. I've been accused of being a conspiracy theorist a time or two. Hmm. I don't necessarily consider myself a conspiracy theorist. I just consider myself open-minded. I'll hear different theories. And if you think about this, literally everything is a conspiracy theory under the current definition of it. Until proven fact. Exactly. Like, I don't think it's in and of itself a bad thing to be interested in conspiracy theories or to have these theories. Because like you said, they're just um, they're just alternative theories at the end of the day. Like some of them, of course, can be a bit problematic. Like sometimes they're, they can be quite sort of anti-establishment and anti-science in a way. But it's not, you know, that's not conspiracy theories innately that's like that i think a lot of people like to lump every everyone in together and think that you know everyone who's interested in conspiracy theories is interested in like the worst side of it you know (laughs) i i used to be in law enforcement but i never reached detective level by any means i was a can i worked at a as a corrections officer but at the same time if you sit and watch a detective do their work Everything's a theory until they can get the evidence together to back up said theory. That's how they build their case. And then that's how they solve their case. That's what I was saying a minute ago. Everything is a quote conspiracy theory until it's proven. Absolutely. So I I tend to be a little bit more open-minded with what I hear. I'll keep it in the back of my mind and then. Whenever things come about, and even even some of the far-fetched stuff, even some of the stuff that I just don't even see how it could be possible, but I'll somehow retain it in the back of my head. And then there's been several instances where some of the most idiotic stuff that I thought would at the time could happen, it would come out, and then I'd be like, I'll be dead gone. They were right. 
<laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Like, even, um, what was I reading about today? Like, one of the ones that I figured was, um, like, was just nonsense from the get-go was, like, the idea that the American government had been sort of interfering with UFO researchers from the, from the beginning. That sounds like, you know, absolute classic um, sort of paranoid delusion kind of thing. People believing that they're, you know, getting close to some big truth and that the government was stepping in to shut them down. I figured that was classic, you know, that's just a conspiracy theory. But like, no, <laughs> from what I'm reading, there's there's quite a lot of truth to that. And there has been from the beginning. And it's it's the ones that you don't think there is any chance of being real that that turns out there's truth to it which is yeah that's what I'm like knee deep in at the moment is researching that and it's fantastic is this what led you into the podcast format that you have as it is right now just being able to look at different topics and do your own research and flip through and be like hey this would make a great podcast absolutely it is it is at its root an excuse to spend a lot of time uh, reading about these topics. Like I shouldn't need to give myself an excuse to read about things I'm interested in, but you know, it gives a format to it to Cause my, I tend to stay with each topic for a good couple of hours, like split across multiple episodes. But like I said, it gives me that excuse to really for a couple of weeks, dig into a topic for like, as much as I want to. And then, make something productive at the end of it. Again, I think that idea is kind of a bit, <laughs> I shouldn't need to, but it works. That's what motivates me at the moment. But honestly, I just wanted to read about this stuff. You know, I am a big X-Files fan. This is like as close as I can get to just doing X-Files in real life for myself. <laughs> That's so sad. That's not sad. X-Files was a big TV show. It's impolite to ask a lady her age, but I'm, I just turned 40. So, you know, I grew up right in the middle of when X-Files was big. I that would have blown my mind if, if I experienced X-Files as it came out week by week. And I couldn't really, you know, in the early days, I couldn't go online and just talk to people about this stuff. Yeah. I don't know what I would have done with my time, honestly. <laughs> yeah. We used to have to wait every week for an episode, you know, now... Now I don't think you got to just binge what. What was your favorite thing about the X-Files? Ooh. Oh, God, that's a hard one. Well, when I was watching it, so I, have, I haven't quite finished it yet, so don't give me spoilers or anything. I'm about eight seasons into the show, but I really went into it not expecting very much. I was like, um, I was aware of, the legacy of the X-Files, but I hadn't watched any of it when I was younger because I was a little bit too young. I'm like perilously close to 30. Uh, I'm going to be 30 this year. So I probably could have watched some of it when I was younger, but I didn't. So I didn't really know what to expect other than generically spooky, something to do with aliens, probably never going to actually see any aliens. And then I watched this show and then there's some episodes where there's just straight up aliens. And I was not expecting this. <laughs> and I love how you can have this show where you've got this dynamic setup where you've got the skeptic and you've got someone who's pretty, who believes wholeheartedly in the truth that is mostly, you know, alien based and this big conspiracy. And you can have an episode where like 
you come face to face with aliens and then the next week be like, hmm, no, I don't, I don't, I don't know if this, I don't know if this exists. Like you saw it, you saw it like a couple of weeks ago, you were literally abducted by aliens, but you're still like, hmm, I don't know though. Uh, it seems like a bit of an outlandish idea. I just, I love that. I love that dynamic and how they managed to keep that going throughout. It just, I don't know. It hooked me. I always enjoyed watching David Duchovny, but back in the day, I'll be honest with you, I watched it for Gillian Anderson. <laughs> she's, she's beautiful. She's amazing. Yes. But, you know, just like with everything else, you get hooked to the story. It's some of the best <clears throat> TV yeah. I've ever seen from like a silly, you know, what I figured was just a silly show about aliens, but honestly, some of the best TV I've ever seen. But, you know, it makes sense. It's Vince Gilligan. So took all of that into Breaking Bad. Love Breaking Bad as well. So that was a really good story as well. Yes. And they both got really good train episodes. So uh, train episodes, the best form of uh, TV. Since we're talking about TV, what's your favorite TV series? Uh, <laughs> you might Realistically. You, you, you might have one that I've never seen. No, no. It's. Honestly, my favorite TV show is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's just so like comforting and I just watched it at like the best time of my life. And I just love it for that reason. It's, you know, not perfect, but my favorite, always come back to it. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Since I'm a little older than you, I remember as a kid watching Knight Rider with the Hoff, you know, David David Hasselhoff. (laughs) I remember watching Airwolf. I don't know if you remember that one or not, but it was yeah. it was it used to be pretty big. And then I remember when Baywatch came out and Baywatch was a thing to watch. I would have to say my favorite all-time TV series would possibly be Sons of Anarchy. I have not seen any Sons of Anarchy. <clears throat> it's about a uh, it's about a motorcycle club. Kurt Sutter was the one that created it. If my memory serves me correctly, the man who is currently behind the the number one show, Yellowstone, also had a little bit to do with it as well. I love that show. If you haven't seen it, it's definitely Fat Boy approved over here. <laughs> I'm just saying. That show and then 1883, if you're into Westerns or anything like that, very authentic. And that was one of the things that he was shooting for. He wanted to make sure that everything was authentic as possible. Yeah, I would have to say mine mine would be Sons of Anarchy. I loved Breaking Bad as well, but some of those episodes kind of seemed like a little bit too drawn out on the mm-hmm. you know I'm oh, not yeah. being cr- I'm not not trying to critique or be critical, but you know, as far as Watching them in the meth houses and stuff like that. I just thought some of that was a little bit drawn out just to get the just yeah. to get the show a little bit longer. But I loved the I, sto- I loved the story. I thought about rewatching Breaking Bad a couple of times, but I feel like I can only pinpoint certain like key things that happen in my brain and I can't figure out what happened for like whole chunks of seasons. But it's probably the stuff that I didn't really like uh first time round um, right. so i was just rambling about breaking bad but i've been like 
tossing around the idea of rewatching it for like the last couple of years. And I just never, I just never have. I don't, I feel like honestly, it would be disappointing because like everyone was watching it at the same time. That was part of it. Like you're all watching it and all experiencing it week by week. And I don't think it'd be same without that. Yeah, that's kind of the way I was with The Walking Dead and Game of Thrones as well. Uh, it, whenever the huge buzz was around it, I was I kind of held back, but then I binge watched after I gave it a shot. Walking Dead, I've never really been a big zombie guy. Hmm. I really haven't, but I sat and watched episode one, and by the time episode one was done, I was hooked, at least by episode two. And but. I got up to about, I think it was like season five or season six. And then it just started getting boring to me because it just, it seemed like the story was kind of getting more stagnant. Mm. And then have you ever watched it? I watched a little bit of the first season, but I, I just don't know how you can make that much out of the concept. Um, beyond a point, it's just, it's just a drama that happens to happen around zombies. Like, because I've yeah. uh, you got this, you know, struggled for survival, but there's only so far you can go with that. Well, I really do. I really do recommend the early seasons because after about the third episode, you're not watching for the zombies. You're watching for the story. That story was really good, at least at first, anyway, my opinion. And now there's a billion seasons of it. Yes. Yes, there is. So, but now I'm hooked on Yellowstone and I'm hooked on 1883. And I'm really happy that they're putting out more series as well. Enough about TV. Let's talk about some podcasting. What do you say? Yes, let's do that. I started listening to your show and after we had already talked about doing a collaboration and I really do appreciate you coming on the porch. and. I was listening to it the other night and you were talking about UFOs and UFOs has always been a topic that has been very interesting to me. I'm not a skeptic by any means. Do I believe they exist? Yes. Have I ever seen one? No, I haven't. At least not that I've known anyway. Other than watching the X-Files and everything as a child, what got you into UFOs? I think similar to you, like I, as an idea, I feel like it's not that outlandish of an idea. Just, you know, law of probability, the idea that there is something else intelligent in the universe does not strike me as a a weird, you know, thing to say. Um, It's always interesting, I think. The universe is too big for us to be the only life form in it. Exactly. And the the alternative being that we are the only intelligent life form in the universe sounds horrible, to be honest. I think I would rather um, believe that there is something else in the universe that's intelligent because the opposite just sounds terrifying. Like the idea that we are the only people in an infinite universe. I don't like the sound of that, quite frankly. <laughs> so I think... That and just an interest in in science in general has made me think like, yeah, realistically, scientifically, I feel like there should be something. And people talking about, 
you know, seeing things, what they believe might be aliens. This, this is an old thing. It's not like purely recent that people have been writing about, you know, visitors from the sky or seeing things in the sky. So it feels like it's at the very least got like a, a human history to it, whether it's strictly speaking, actual extraterrestrial. So it's just, it's, it's something that like humans have been interested in for a while. So I guess I'm interested in it as well. Cause I, I'm a human. Did you know I'm a human? I'm definitely believing that you're a human. Good. <clears throat> definitely a human. <laughs> <laughs> so would you like to expand a little bit upon your, what on your first episode and what was the first um, UFO encounter that you heard about, you know, a real life encounter that got you interested in UFOs? Um, so I think the first like point of contact with this UFO thing that I heard of was Roswell. So big, big conspiracy around, you know, the cover up on it. But I think, I didn't realize until I started reading just how widespread like these reports are. And like, if you dig for them, the amount of people who believe they've had direct contact with aliens is, is huge, is massive, which I didn't realize until I started reading about it. But yeah, my first sort of point of contact was Roswell and this vague idea that, you know, something had crashed and there were bodies recovered in the wreckage and it was, and it was covered up. Um, but the thing that really hooked me and made me think, oh, okay, I wanna, I wanna talk about this, was when I was reading about um contactees, basically. So people who contactees and channelers, people who believed that they were meeting intelligent beings or channeling them, and then around that formed a kind of religion and just again how widespread that was how many people were building like a religion around this idea that's what really hooked me in and made me think okay I want to I want to learn more about this because there's a lot more than just people saying that they've seen a flying saucer that's crashed in the desert somewhere you know because I didn't know any of that <laughs> well there might actually be somebody listening right now that and has never heard of Roswell. Was there any way you could give a brief summary on what happened at Roswell? Oh, God, no, honestly. <laughs> um, what had ha- what had happened was I, I want to say it was in the nineteen it was the nineteen forties or in the nineteen fifties. I I believe late forties. Um, I'm not very good at keeping dates in my brain. <clears throat> Allegedly, an alien ship crashed on a farm if my memory serves me correctly and there were either two or three alien bodies allegedly found the government came swooped in picked everything up and allegedly took it to area 51 that was Mm -hmm. where the big uproar around area 51 came about if i can remember (laughs) if i'm remembering this correctly yeah, I just remembered the Area 51 thing from a couple of years ago. God, yeah. that feels like a long time ago. <laughs> it feels like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as far as I'm aware, that's what happened. And the major thing <clears throat> that kicked off the idea of a cover-up is that um, the 
military base there initially released a statement saying they'd found some sort of some crash, like some uh, wreckage had been recovered that, you know, doesn't seem to be military in origin. And then that statement was quickly retracted. So the idea of that cover up was like seeded straight away. This idea they put out the statement and then they yanked it back and people were like, well, why? Yeah, I think it was allegedly a weather balloon, if my memory yeah. serves me correctly. And that's, that's not what the, they tend to be. And that's, and that's not the first first time they've used the whole weather balloon excuse either. Have you ever heard of the Battle of Los Angeles? No. Educate me, please. The Great Los Angeles Air Raid. You know, everybody was still thinking that the Japanese could come over at any time. My memory serves me correctly. Pearl Harbor had already happened or it was earlier and there were flying objects spotted on either radar or just spotted, you know, in sight. And so military and everything just opened up, open fire. on. It was back in February of 1942. And after they ended up trying to cover all of that up saying that they were weather balloons and stuff like that. If my memory serves me correctly. So interesting. That would be an interesting thing for you to be able to look up too. I think I've read about this, but I've never heard it referred to as battle of Los Angeles, but like that does, that does ring a bell. Um, yeah. I remember this because someone was, um, reference that they thought something some sighting was going to happen in la and then this actually happened um interesting because a lot of time these the sightings they are around um most of the time they're around military installations so the idea of something happening like out in the open was quite um was quite a weird one because i mean you know most of the time when they say it's a weather balloon it's of course um military testing of some kind but to be honest i don't know what a weather balloon looks like so if they told me oh that's a weather balloon i'd probably like okay i'm gonna look at what a weather balloon looks like now because this is what it just looks like an actual going back to roswell um there's a lot of conspiracy theorists and everything that believe and this one if you think about it it kind of holds water going back to our earlier conversation about conspiracy theories they were talking about how we've gotten a lot of our technology based off of what was found at roswell and different things like that because space race happened in the 60s not too far after that after roswell we started having jet engines and things things along those lines so it's not that big of a stretch talking about keeping things in the back of our mind and then looking and putting two and two together to where some of those conspiracy theories actually seem to be not as far-fetched as what people think they are. No, I mean, it's an explanation for just how quickly some of this technology seems to have evolved. Like when you look at, you know, how recent just the invention of just flight is and then Mm -hmm. the chronology of getting to where we are now, it seems massively accelerated like i can't think of any other technology that's evolved at that pace to the point like a couple of decades later the the technology is completely different even if you count like computers people like to 
say computing is one of those things that's um that's developed to a point that it's like a it's a key aspect of like human history of the development of the internet but even so i don't think that's evolved at the kind of pace that you see flight and like airspace travel um evolve because it's just insane like within a hundred years basically yeah it really has actually i you went from the uh rat brothers and everything developing that one on the north carolina beaches in the 1800s or early 1900s well i can't remember but yeah you're right it it hasn't been much longer than 100 years that's for sure i've got way too many dead gun distractions around here today this is terrible (laughs) yeah you can trace a lot of the um you know ufo sightings back to the development of these aircraft like some of the earliest um documented sightings are coming about just at the time that like airships were invented basically because up until that point like you are not going to look up into the sky and see a massive vehicle floating there Mm -mm. so it's not insane that someone who wasn't aware of airships um would look at this and interpret it as something else you know just going back to it and then i wouldn't know what to call it (laughs) Then you watch a TV show like an like that Ancient Aliens that came out on the History Channel for the mm-hmm. longest, and then they show you pictures of old caves and everything else from older natives and everything like that having pictures and everything on the walls, and it looks like alien crafts and stuff like that. And then you pay a little bit closer attention and do a little bit more digging, and then you know they talk about the Sphinx over in Egypt. And the pyramids as well on how they have yet to be able, even with today's technology, be able to recreate cuttings of stones and stuff like that. That was as precise as that. And talking about the Sphinx where, you know, they, they think it's actually older than what it, than what they think it is now because there's Mm -hmm. water damage erosion down at the bottom of it. And that's not wind damage. A lot of it's not wind damage down at the bottom. It's water damage. Yeah, I read, I read about that as well. Like it's, it must be old enough to the point that the climate of the area was completely different. Like mm-hmm. water erosion at that extent. Um, you know, in Egypt, you're talking about a very, very long time ago. Yeah. Um, and it's it's these are things you probably won't ever get an answer to in in our lifetime. But well, you know. Like, it, in biblical times and even in, during the times of the Roman and the Greek empires, every, that whole Sahara Desert location up in northern Africa was actually basically their version of the U.S.'s Great Plains. They got all of their rice, all their all their grain, everything like that from that particular area before it turned into desert. Mm-hmm. Don't know if you knew that or not. I did not know that. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Northern Africa used to be huge in the times of the Roman and the Greek empires. It's so interesting even, how connected it all is. Like, yes. you don't, I think people underestimate um, just how interconnected a lot of these cultures were. So it seems like um, there's a lot of ideas that feel like they propped up completely independently, but there was just a lot more communication, I think, between these cultures than 
we think there was like looking back historically we believe that I think they're a lot more cut off than they were for whatever reason there are still some weird like you're saying some very like eerie similarities between some very like early cultural stuff like you said like images of crafts that seem to be very very specific or very similar to images we have today and images that seem to show like spacemen like modern spacesuits and stuff that is you know very recent and it's very it's very eerie like I can't think of what the explanation behind that is and I haven't come across anyone who's given a full explanation of why that is it just seems to be a bit of a mystery at the moment I don't know if you've heard anyone try to explain it the closest thing to anything like that that I've ever heard it came from a wife of a former military person and I'll leave it at that she was told by that person that anything that you see or hear on tv or see out in production or whatever now the military either designed it or knew about it 20 plus 20 or 20 plus years before okay (laughs) yeah it goes back to the whole technology thing that we were talking about a minute ago where does the military get a lot of their technological ideas from yeah it's it's an answer we'll never really have i think that's half of why it's so interesting is that you just there's no real way to find out unless you get into that position where, you know, unless you go through the motions of getting a job at the military level and, you know, working your way up to get to the point where you could potentially have access to this information. If people are doing their jobs right, you'll just never know. <laughs> I don't know how many people have uh, decided to try that route. Like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to work my way up. <laughs> the hopes that I'll get like a glimpse of this information at some point, which I can never share with anyone. There's got to be at least one person. There's got to be at least one. Yeah. But they're also thinking this too. Uh, If they do know, they probably wish they didn't know. They're probably saying ignorance is bliss. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, I was listening to this up to you, one of your episodes where you started talking about UFO religions. Can you yes. expound on that without giving away your total episode? Cause I don't want to do that. I want people to yeah. listen to your show. Absolutely. I think there's something unexpected that comes out of UFO um, stories, which I wasn't aware of. Like I said, this I touched on earlier, the idea of people channeling or being in contact with, intelligent uh, extraterrestrials is something that kind of goes alongside you've got your really terrifying stories of people being abducted or cattle being mutilated and then on the other side there's people who believe they've had um, meetings with really benevolent beings who want to contact earth and often to help guide earth through you know, what's going on at the moment. So help us militarily or help us from basically destroying the planet. They want to come and intercede thinking that, you know, the Earth's government has gone 
wrong at some point and we need guidance. So there's whole religions that grow up around this idea that there are people who have contact with these benevolent aliens who want to help us. And then, again, another side of that, you have people like you have the Heaven's Gate side of things where people believe contact with aliens is a way of getting themselves off of a doomed planet, basically, Uh, which is interesting. You've got the one hand of let's work together to save the planet, and then you've got the other hand of like let's get off this planet. This is going to crash and burn. The only safety is to get away. And I didn't realize how, just how nuanced like people's approaches to UFOs were because up until this point, I'm only thinking Roswell. I'm only thinking abductions and cattle mutilations. And but there's a lot of people who come at it from a really positive standpoint, like this can help bring meaning to their lives, which I think is nice. People have to have something to look forward to. Yeah, it's not, you know, I don't think it's a it's a good way of looking at things that maybe there's some sort of guiding force in the universe. If you don't believe in God, then there's something else out there that maybe wants to help out and, you know, help stop the earth from potentially destroying itself. That's a really good alternative if you don't have any other faith or for whatever reason. I think it's one of those needs that people just have, really. You need to have some belief in something. Have you heard about this theory that some people are saying, well, what if Jesus or what if God is actually aliens and this is whole kind of like a matrix construct on this earth and things like that? I have heard this theory. Like, I don't, I think it's very similar to believing, you know, in God in some way anyway, just some being that's elevated above you and wants to help it's it's not exactly that far-fetched is it it's not saying it seems like two sides of the same coin personally no i'm i'm a christian i grew up in a church and everything like that but even even then you know i i want to believe what my bible says but just like you said if you think about it, it might not be that far-fetched. We don't, and I say that, not not trying to sound like some people from, oh, Terry's done lost his mind. No, no, I haven't. I just try to be open-minded enough to understand because we have faith in what the Word tells us. But at the end of the day, we're not going to know until we take our last breath. You know what I mean? Agreed. And like it served the same purpose, and I think it it's gonna give you the same kind of guidance, whether it is a god or if it's some other intelligent being. I don't think it changes the result, to be honest. It's just a way of explaining it. Like if you said to me that like the Bible and Christian writings were a way of explaining this sort of benevolent being interceding and trying to give this guiding force i would say that makes sense because over and over again you see it as like a way people try and interpret things that don't seem to make sense it's a way of explaining things that don't make 
total scientific sense. So it doesn't seem that far-fetched to me. And I don't think it would invalidate anything either. Well, Sarah, I just want you to know that you have a new listener and a new fan. And I really do appreciate you coming onto the porch. If you would, tell the people where they can find your show. Well, you can find me, well, wherever podcasts are, basically. Um, But I'm on Twitter as well as Weird Horizon. And you can find me on Instagram as well as Weird Horizon Podcast. Although I don't really do a lot on there because I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't. (laughs) I'm still trying to build my Twitter following as well. So. I definitely it's, understand where you're coming from there. It, it feels like it comes so naturally to some people and it probably doesn't, but I feel like I'm struggling every time I open either of them just to put something out that doesn't immediately make me just cringe with embarrassment, <laughs> you know, <sighs> even things that I love and things I'm proud <clears throat> of. It feels, it's so hard to put them out there, but it's I'm glad I have I have to say just starting a podcast and getting involved with this community is one of the best things I've done I think it's really got me out of a really bad place (laughs) somehow yeah I really enjoy doing podcasting I I haven't made any money at it yet and I haven't at the same time I haven't reached out for any sponsorships yet either I just enjoy it people look at me and say why are you doing a podcast? Well, it's cheap. It's a cheaper hobby than golf. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I get, and I get to talk to a bunch of interesting people. So exactly. That's the best part of it. Like just finding people to have conversations with about things like this, that not everyone wants to have an open conversation about. Right. A lot what, of people are very shut down with it. I think. What can people look forward to to hear hear you talk about in the episodes to come or the episodes that you've already put out that we haven't well, talked about? Talk about a lot of kind of spiritual topics that are a little bit sort of esoteric, really. So I did a series on poltergeists, and I'm going to come back to a more focused discussion on ghosts because I think these again are experiences a lot of people have that aren't fully explained and there's lots of really interesting theories behind them um so ufos are a massive topic so i've talked about ufo religions up until now and then very soon i'm going to be talking about the idea of the american government and how it's kind of manipulated and interacted with the UFO myth as it was developing in the 40s and 50s, because that's a very long and complicated story. I'm going to be doing a series on that, and I probably will keep going back to UFOs. It's one of those topics that there are, it's such a deep rabbit hole, and I really want to go to one of the UFO conventions so badly, like when, you know, the world opens up a bit more and we can travel again. I am going to be looking into this very seriously. But yeah, that's it. That's currently where I'm looking at. I'm looking at, yeah, more UFO stuff and possibly some ghosty things in the future. I'm going to be looking forward to those and I'm going to be looking forward to having you back on the porch as often as I can get you. 
I would happily talk about anything. So, yeah, anything sort of paranormal, anything a bit weird. I want to learn more about it. There's always more to learn. And you are in a perfect position. You have a porch. You've got somewhere that you can look out for. <laughs> you can sit out there and look for UFOs for me because I can't do that. You're in an ideal position. Like, you have to <laughs> for the community. Set right. up a camera and <laughs> keep an eye out. Crank up the neighborhood watch. <laughs> Sarah, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having me. Big thanks to Stacy from Weird Horizon Podcast for coming on to the porch. Find Weird Horizon Podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can find her on Twitter and Instagram at Weird Horizon Podcast. If you are new to the show and like what you hear, hit that like, subscribe, or follow button and download the episodes in our archives. If this show has been a positive addition to your life, please rate the show and leave a review. won't take you but a minute and it really would help the show. Find us on social media by typing Porch Matters Podcast into the search bar. Word of mouth is still the best way of sharing. Pick your favorite episode and share it with at least one person this week. There are a lot of people out there that have never heard of a podcast before. I sure would appreciate it. And I'll see you next time right here on Porch Matters.